do so, I would like for you to uh, picture in your minds, if you would, a sheep grazing in the pasture. He hungrily goes from one tuft of grass to another, never even pausing to lift his head, look around. His interest is focused upon the grass and upon his appetite that he's taken care of. After some time, he uh, finally looks up, and to his amazement, he can't see the rest of the flock. He can't see the shepherd. He's off all by himself. He, he's a, he's a, nobody else is in sight. And then he hears the howl of a wolf in the distance, not that far away. He's lost. He's alone. He's afraid, and he's helpless. And then he sees coming over the crown of the hill the faithful shepherd. The shepherd calls his lost sheep, leads him safely back to the flock, and he is restored. The same thing can easily happen to you and me as believers. We don't usually start out with the intention of deliberately straying from the Lord. But we take our eyes off of Him, concentrate on caring for our appetites, and one day look up and realize that we have wandered far from the Lord and from the fellowship of His people. Like the songwriter says, we're prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the Lord I love. We find ourselves confused, alone, afraid, and helpless to find our way back. Then, our faithful shepherd comes after us through circumstances, conviction in the heart, or contacts with other people. He wants to restore us, and he makes a way for us to be restored. Restored to sweet, unhindered fellowship with him. Restored to a cleanness of heart and soul from guilt and sin. Restored to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Restored to experiencing the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Restored to peace with God and the peace of God. Restored to living a life that counts for eternity. Restored to Christ-likeness. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God has a restoring ministry. Anybody here ever benefited from God's restoring ministry? More than that more than that. Thank God for his restoring ministry. There is a way back from selfishness and from sinful wandering. And that's the wonderful ministry of God that we are going to focus our attention on this morning that is referred to in, in the third verse of the 23rd Psalm. Uh, hopefully you've maybe even been memorized. Some of you have been telling me you've, you have memorized or you've been working on rememorizing your or you're working memorizing anew this great passage of scripture but 
We find the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And then we find he the psalmist says, He restores my soul. Then he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This morning we are going to concentrate on, on three of the aspects of God's restoring ministry. First of all, there is the need for restoration. There's the way that God goes about restoring us, the nature of it. And then something even better than restoration, the navigation from the point when God has restored us. First of all, when it comes to the need for God's restoring ministry, uh, we find that there's some that when they look at this passage in Psalm 23, they, they relate it to revitalizing sheep uh, who are weary from a long trek from one oasis where there was green grass and water to another such oasis. Uh, weary from the journey. And certainly we get weary in living our lives here in this world, especially as you try to live for the Lord Jesus Christ in this lost and, and dark and, and sinful world. And, and it is true that, that such restoration is needed, but really that's pretty much the focus of, of verse 2 where we find the Lord gives us the peace and the rest that we need from our weariness as he makes us lie down green pastures and leads us beside the still water. We think here about restoration in of the soul in verse 3. It's more about a restoration from, from wandering. Sheep tend to wander. Christians tend to wander. People tend to, to wander. And we need God's wonderful restoring ministry to, to help us in, in such situation. We find that's what the, the word restore means here. It means to turn, turn again, turn back. Uh, in, in Psalm 51, verse 12, David prays that God would restore to him the joy of his salvation. And that's something that comes along with being restored from our wandering. That's one of the things we lose when, when believers wander from the Lord. We don't lose our salvation, but boy, we can sure lose the joy of our salvation, can't we? And when we, the Lord restores us from our wandering, one of the things he gives back to us is the joy of our salvation. Uh, we find when it comes to wandering, uh, sometimes sheep wander in a solitary fashion, as we talked about a moment ago. And sometimes we as individuals, we, we kind of get distracted from the Lord. We get caught up in the things of life. We get our focus on our job. We get our focus on our friends. We get our, our focus on just living day-to-day -day life. And we get our attention off the Lord, and we, we kind of wander. And before we know it, we, we haven't, get, haven't get given God attention in our life for a while, longer than we might like to even think. And, and we find we've wandered away from Him as an individual. Thank God when there are believers that help to restore one another. You know, if we start wandering away and somebody will call us on it and, and, and try to get us to come back to the Lord and get back into fellowship with Him. Uh, sheep get preoccupied with, with, with grass and taking care of their appetites and wander off by themselves and wander into, into danger. We get our eyes off the Lord and uh, like the, the rebuke that the Lord gave to the church in Ephesus, He said, you got a lot of good things going for you, but you've left your first love. You know, we can get into a lot of busyness in life, even in good things. But we get our eyes off the Lord, and we've wandered from Him. 
You see, Christianity isn't just about doing good things. Christianity is not just about being busy in the church. Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we need to have a focus on Him. And we need to have our eyes fixed on the Lord. We need to be conversing with Him, uh, praying all the time, talking to God, letting Him speak to us through His Word. We need to have a consciousness of His involvement in our lives. And if we don't, we can tend to wander away. Now, sometimes we, we don't just kind of slip away. It is true. There, there are, are sheep. And by the way, it's been interesting since we got into this study. That, as I said last week, the number of you folks that have been involved with sheep in your life. And I, I've learned some things from the, that you guys have told me in addition to the reading, study, and so forth that I've done. And one of the things that was brought up uh, even the other night was mentioned there are some sheep that just they take off. If there's a hole in the fence, they find it. Never out, never coming, always out, never coming back in. Uh, they, they, they sometimes just go off deliberately, stubborn their own way. And sometimes we do that, don't we? It's not just a matter of wandering away from the Lord. It's a matter of we know what God wants us to do, but we also know what we want to do. And we do what we want to do. So we, we, we wander solitarily, but we do it deliberately but you know what the shepherd goes after all the sheep when they wander away kind of unconsciously or deliberately sometimes it's not just a matter of wandering in a solitary fashion sometimes it's the flock one thing about sheep that I also was, was brought they're, they're followers there may be one dominant sheep and he may take off or may, maybe just one gets spooked he's not even the dominant sheep in the flock but, but, but he takes off, and then they all take off. The hole in the fence, one goes through it, they're all through it. Uh, one runs from a Pekingese dog, and they all take off. You know, they, 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 they follow, and, and they should be following the shepherd. But too often, they tend to follow the sheep. Sometimes thing happens with us. Sometimes, instead of following the Lord, we follow other people. We follow other Christians. Sometimes you can get in trouble following other Christians because you may be following a Christian that's not following the Lord. You know, we're a whole lot better off following the Scriptures, not the traditions of man, not the, just the, what other people are doing. So there, there can be flock wandering, but the good news is the Lord goes after his sheep. One other type of restoration that, that becomes a known as you do any research at all on sheep is that sheep can also get into a situation where they are cast which simply means they're laying on their back somehow they get onto their back and when a sheep's on its back it is helpless it, it lays there can kick its feet and it can bleat and bat and all that kind of stuff but gas is built up in inside of it and it, it can can die a cool day, it may take a while, and a hot, hot, humid day, it may not take very long, but the sheep is utterly helpless in a situation like that. Now, how do they get into that situation? Well, sometimes it's from seeking a little bit extra comfort. They go and they want to, they, they want to lay down, and there's a, a nice, inviting little indentation in the earth. So they go and they lay on their side in the indentation, but lo and behold, before you know it, they flipped over just a little bit, and they're on their back, and then they're stuck. Sometimes 
they, they just have too much, too much wool, you know, kind of roly-poly, or too much, too much fat. And they, they are more apt to roll over and get on their back. Like Sometimes it's especially the sheep, the ewes that are, are carrying lambs. They can get in a predicament like that. But the key thing about the, the matter of, of uh, a calf sheep is that it is utterly helpless without somebody coming along and rescuing it, without the shepherd coming along and lifting him up and picking him up and turning him back over again. And sometimes even massaging the legs so that they can walk and, and, and get the thing back in good shape. Now, sometimes we wander. And we get ourselves into situations where we are helpless. All the sheep can do when it's on its back is it can lay there and it can look up. And it can bleat and baa and hope that the shepherd will come. We're in a little better situation than the sheep. We lay on our back. We're helpless. All we can do is look up. When we look up, we look for our shepherd. We look to the Lord. And the good news is we're not, we're not limited to buying and bleeding. We can call. We can call on the shepherd. We can call on the Lord. Now, sometimes people get them. Sin has a way of complicating lives and messing things up. And you get yourself in a predicament where, quite honestly, some people just get to the place they say it's just not worth going on anymore. Good news is you can look up. There's somebody that can help you. Yeah, you're helpless. You can't get out of the predicament that you got yourself into or that circumstances help to get you into. But I'm glad I can tell you this morning there's somebody who can help get you out of those circumstances. We got a God who is quite capable of helping to get us out of circumstances like that, even when we are utterly helpless. In fact, you know one of the things when, when in, in getting God's deliverance is recognizing that we are utterly helpless. That's what salvation is all about, isn't it? Nobody gets saved till they get lost, right? You have to know you're lost. You have to know that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And when you get to that position... Then you're ready to call out and accept the salvation by grace through faith that God wants to give to you. So we've got to realize how helpless we really are. Sometimes we get in the same situation the same way that the sheep do. Sometimes we, uh, we look for comfort. You know, that sheep looking for the comfort laying down in the indentation was getting himself in a dangerous predicament. You go through life living for comfort, refusing to get out of your comfort zone. And it can get you into all sorts of difficulties in this life. You start following the easiest, most comfortable path, living for comfort, it can really bring you difficulty. Sometimes it, it may be easiest, more comfortable to tell a lie right now rather than to tell the truth. But if you're going to lie, you better have a good memory because you've got to remember everything you told everybody. You know, it's a whole lot easier in the long run just to tell the truth all the time but living for comfort doing the easy thing taking the easy path can get us into helpless situations sometimes sometimes we have too much we don't have too much wool sometimes we got sometimes we got too much fat sometimes we have too much in our lives and one of the things that the shepherd does for the sheep to to avoid a repeat of getting cast sometimes they'll shear the sheep take off some of the wool Sometimes they'll ration the sheep, 
limit what the sheep is able to eat. And sometimes God does the same thing for us. Sometimes God has to take some things out of our life in order to keep us from getting our keep from keeping us from getting into the same predicaments time and time again. Got to be rescued when we get in a helpless situation like that. So there is a need for restoration. Sheep, as we've said before, they're not the smartest creatures God ever put on the earth, and they need to be restored. We need restoration, and thank God he's there to provide it. Uh, We think about the meaning of of restoration. We're talking about being brought back to safety and security, uh, back to stability in our lives, back to, to contact and fellowship with the Lord and with, with, with God's people and back to productiveness where we can live a life that counts for eternity. God's restoration of unsaved people involves salvation from sin, forgiveness, eternal life, inclusion as a child of God, deliverance from the dominion of sin, all according to God's grace. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, hopefully you recognize you are a sinner. You've done wrong in your life, and maybe you're experiencing some of the consequences of it right now. I got good news for you. God wants to restore you to make you part of his family. He wants to make you his child. He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to give you eternal life. That's what he has in mind as far as restoring you from your, your lost condition where you're on your way to an eternal hell. He wants to restore you from sin and hell. But you've got a responsibility. And your responsibility is to repent towards your sin and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as, as Savior. That's your responsibility. God wants to restore you. But you've got some responsibility. God's done everything. He, he, he sent Jesus to this world. He sent Jesus to the cross. God the Son went willingly to the cross for us. He paid it all. What did he say as he hung on that cross? It's finished. He did it all. But we got one responsibility, to recognize we are sinners in need of a Savior. Repent of that sin and put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. God also wants to restore sinning believers. You know, we use the word wandering, and that sounds sounds kind of non-threatening, kind of, you know, not too bad of a word. But the fact of the matter is when, when, when we talk about ourselves as wandering believers, you know what we are? We're sinning believers. Because we do what we want instead of what God wants us to do. And we get into all kind of difficulties as a result of that. Good news. If you're a wandering believer here this morning, if you're a sinning believer here this morning, God wants to restore you to fellowship with himself. Fellowship with other believers. He wants to revitalize in you again the joy of your salvation. He wants to return you to the place where you've got some eternal productivity in your life, where you're living a life that counts for eternity. But once again, if you're a sinning believer, we got a responsibility. When I get away from the Lord, I've got a responsibility. You get away from the Lord, you've got a responsibility. We need to repent towards our sin, confess our sin, agree with God that what we've done is is wrong, not try to justify it, 
continue to trust in the Lord Jesus to be our deliverer. We also confess, and sometimes we can also need to confess our sin and make restitution for other people. In fact, to other people, sometimes we sin against others. And we don't just need to get right with God. We also need to get right with them. That could be part of getting right with the Lord. So the Lord wants to bring us back into contact, into fellowship. And we think about the manner of the Lord in restoring us. I'm glad we have a, a loving and gentle shepherd. In, Psalm, in Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says, He'll feed his flock like a shepherd. He'll gather the lambs with his arm. He'll carry them in his bush. He'll gently lead those who are with young. Now, I thank God that our, our Heavenly Father is a caring, loving shepherd. And Jesus tells the story of, of the, the shepherd that has the 99 sheep that are all tucked in and safe and, and secure. And he, he's got one that's out in the wilderness, and so the, the shepherd leaves all the others behind and goes out after that one and, and gently brings it back, brings it back to the flock. You know, we think about the way that God comes after us. We find that, first of all, he, he's got a faithful watch care for every single sheep. He knew when the, there was one missing from the hundred. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows when, when you and I stray as individuals. And he, he comes after each and every one of us individuals. And we find that God's coming for us. God's restoring of us is something that he initiates. God takes the first step when it comes to our salvation. How did it begin? It began with God stepping down from the throne of glory, coming into this world as an infant born in Bethlehem of Judea, and eventually going to the cross for us, God initiates the search for us. In fact, Scripture tells us there's no man that seeks after God. That's our nature. We don't seek after God. We tend to run away from God. In fact, what did Adam do? What did Eve do back in the Garden of Eden? They sinned against God, and what did they do? They, they ran from God. They tried to get away from God. What happened, though? God came after them. Sometimes we do the same thing. We get out of fellowship with God, and we try to hide from God. We, we run away from Him. We try to ignore Him. we got sin in our life. We don't want to read the Bible. We know our life isn't what it sh our walk isn't what it should be with the Lord. We don't want to come to church. Now, do you have to go to church to be a Christian? No, you have to know Christ as your Savior to be a Christian. But to be an obedient Christian, you need to be part of a local church body. And... and Quite frankly, when, when people do start missing, a lot of times it's because there's something that's not quite right in their life. Somebody said that the Christians are like cars. They start to miss before they quit. Well, sometimes that really does. Think about that. You'll get it. Sometimes that really does happen. So we find that uh, it's a good thing that, that God initiates coming after us. For believers, he sent the Spirit of God to dwell within us. And we start getting away from the Lord, the Spirit begins to convict us. Sometimes God sends people across our path. God, sometimes God chastens us. Hebrews 12, verse 5 says, Whom the Lord loves, he what? He chastens. Just like a loving parent chastens his child to try to get that child back on the right track to restore them. And he, 
He's gentle and is patient in his dealings with us. That's a good thing. That's a good thing that God's patient with us. Because you know what? We don't just wander one time, do we? We don't just fail God on one, on one occasion. But sadly, that happens again and again in our life. Because we battle that sin nature. It's a good thing. He's gentle and patient. It's a good thing he's purposeful in his discipline toward us. And we, we say here, the, the, what's God think about restoring wayward sheep? He delights in us. He talks about the joy that there is in heaven over one sinner who repents. He delights when somebody that doesn't know Christ as Savior comes to know Christ as Savior. He delights when, you, when you've been out of fellowship with the Lord, even though you're a Christian, and you get back in fellowship with Him. He's thrilled by that. The thrill in the heart of God when that takes place. But there's, you know, there's a, it's a good thing he doesn't just cut us off and, and have nothing to do with us. But the fact of the matter is, it's wonderful that God wants to restore us when we wander. But any wandering in sin complicates life. Any wandering in sin can leave scars and consequences. Once we're restored, God wants something better for our future. You know, there's one thing that's a whole lot better than sinning and being forgiven. You know what that is? Not sinning. Does God forgive any and all sin? Yes, he does. Does he forgive any and all sin for every Christian in this building here this morning? Yeah, he does. And some people say, well, if that's the case, then I'll just go out and sin and live any way I want to, and God will forgive me. I'll do anything I want to, I'll talk any way I want to, and God will forgive me. You know what? First of all, if you've got that kind of an attitude, there's something wrong with your heart. There may be something wrong with your relationship with the Lord. And the second thing is, whenever we sin, it complicates life. It, it creates difficulties. You know, you can say mean, hurtful things to somebody, and you can apologize for it, and you confess it to the Lord for your, you know, the fact that you've been cutting in your mouth and the things that you've said. You could even say you're sorry to the person you said those things for. But you know what? Once you've said something, you can't ever get it back. And it's out there. And it complicates things. It complicates friendships. It complicates relationships. So it's always better to avoid sin as much as we possibly can. And that's exactly what God wants for us. He not only wants to restore us when we do wander, He wants to minimize our wandering. Yeah, He restores our soul. That's great. But He does something even better than that. When he, after He restores our soul, He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads us in the, in the right steps. He leads us in the right direction to help us to avoid sin and to live properly. Now, there, there, there's great benefit to having a shepherd to lead us. And we find that he leads us in these paths of right, in, in right paths, in living the right way, in living righteously. And we see that's the value really also in the Word of God. Over in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable, profitable for four things that are mentioned there. 
is profitable for doctrine. That's teaching. You know, we need, we need to be taught. We need to be taught truth. Scripture is valuable for teaching us truth. That's great. It is also profitable for rebuke. What's rebuke? That's telling us when we're wrong. Sometimes that's why people avoid the Bible. They don't like to be told they're wrong. The Bible rebukes us. God rebukes us through his word. He tells us we're, when we're wrong, and we need that. The, the Bible is also profitable for correction. Aren't you glad that God not only tells us when we're wrong, but he tells us how to get right? You know, the gospel involves telling us that we're sinners on our way to an eternal hell. Aren't you glad the gospel doesn't stop there? In fact, if it stopped there, it wouldn't be the gospel. The gospel is good news, but it goes on. Now, the rebuke is, yeah, we're sinners on our way to an eternal hell, but it tells us how we can correct that. It tells us what God's done to correct that. He gave his son on Calvary's cross so our sin could be paid for, and we could be delivered, and we could become God's child, and we could live with him for all of eternity. So Scripture's profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, teaching us how to get right. And then it's also profitable for instruction in righteousness, to teach us how to stay right. You know, if you're in a hole, somebody comes along and at first they give you the information, you know, you're in that hole, you're in a deep pit. Uh, you shouldn't be in that pit. There's your truth. That's your instruction. There's your rebuke. You shouldn't be in that pit. Here, let me help you. Get out of there. And they get you out of the pit. And then they do something else. They put a fence around you. Tell you another way you can go so you don't fall in the pit again. Truth, doctrine, rebuke, correction, instruction in righteousness. God restores our soul. And he leads us in paths of righteousness. He helps us to live right. He sends the Spirit of God to dwell in us, to help us to live right, to lead us in the right direction, to motivate us, to guide us, to direct us. And he does that for his name's sake. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, when it comes to sheep and shepherds, if somebody's sheep look all horrible and they're skinny and they're not taken care of, what's that say? That say they don't have very good shepherd. If somebody's got a farm and it's all weeds and it's a mess and, and their livestock's in bad shape, what do you think? Man, that guy's not a very good farmer. And the fact of the matter is people have come to a perception of what God is like when they look at us as his sheep, as the children of God, we have we influence the perception that people have of our heavenly Father. There may be people that, that aren't Christians, but they think they know what Christians are like, and they think they know what God is like because they know you. And hopefully, you've got a good testimony for Christ. If you've got, if you're a hypocrite, you've got a bad testimony for Christ know that you're having an effect upon other people. In fact, as Christians, 
we bear the name of Christ, don't we? A Christian is a follower of Christ or a, a little Christ. We're an imitation of Christ. People should be able to look at us and see what Jesus is like. And that really, that's what God's doing in your life right now. That's what he's working towards is to make you and me more like Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 29 says he wants to conform us to the image of his son. People should see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. People should see the way that we live our lives and it should reflect on him. You know, the amazing thing is here, Jesus chooses to identify with us. You know, we didn't initiate that. He did that. That's his plan. That's his purpose. By the way, we treat each other. People in this world know that he's come in the flesh if we treat each other with love and, and, and treat each other properly. He chooses to identify with us. So what do we do? God wants to restore us. He wants to then lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ. I got great news for you. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to have your life dominated by sin and addiction and life-dominating sin in your life. God can deliver you from all that. He wants to restore you from all that. He wants that so bad that he became man in the person of the Lord Jesus. He bore all of your sins on the cross at Calvary. He wants to make you his child. He wants to forgive you. He wants you to dwell with him in glory forever and ever and ever. You need to repent of your sin. Trust Christ. You'll be restored from your sin and from hell. You'll receive the gifts of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. If you're here this morning and don't know Christ, please don't take this lightly. This is a big deal. Yeah, you've rebelled against God. You've sinned against Him. Maybe you've made a mess out of your life. God wants to take you, though. He wants to restore you. He wants to bring you into a relationship with Himself. Make His child. If you're a wandering slash sinning believer, know as well, God wants to restore you. He doesn't want to just let you wander out there and, and, and keep spiraling downward. And He's working in your life. You may not realize it, but He's working in your life to draw you back into fellowship with him. That, that, that inner conviction that you're experiencing, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Maybe some of the circumstances you're facing in your life are because God's trying to draw you back into a close relationship with himself. He doesn't want you spiraling downward, and if you keep fighting against him, you will keep spiraling downward. I guarantee that. You don't fight against God and, and move up in your life or for eternity. He wants to restore you. So what do we do? We turn, we recognize that he wants to restore us. We turn back to the Lord Jesus. We, we agree with God about our sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unright. Con confess there doesn't mean we tell God something he doesn't know. But we agree with God about our sin. You know, that, that's one of the issues human beings have with God. We, we don't want to agree with God. We don't want to say that we, we, we have sin. We'll say, well, I made a mistake, or, or uh, this happened in my life, or that happened in my life. Sin is sin. We need to agree with God about that. And we need that start to get forgiveness, to repent of our sin and turn from it. You can be restored. You're wandering from God today. He wants to restore you. 
to minimize wandering. Recognize he wants to lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You're carrying the name of God. You're carrying the name of Jesus. Every place you go if you're a Christian. Be careful how you live. Focus your attention on him. See everything in life in the glow of his person and the cross which he died on for you. Stay Christ-centered in your life and cross-driven. Remember, he died for you. He did all that for you. What are you doing for him? What are you doing for him? God delights in restoring us. He delights in leading us in those paths of righteousness. And if you're here this morning and don't know Christ, I plead with you, put your trust in Christ today. If you're a wandering Christian, don't just keep wandering further away. Say, this is the day. This is the day. I'm coming back to the shepherd. I'm going to get back in fellowship with him. He wants to draw you back to him. Don't fight him. Don't fight him. Yield to him. Turn your eyes on him. Live for him. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are a restoring shepherd to us. Thank you that you restored us when we were lost and helpless and on our way to hell. God, you, you did all that was necessary in sending the Lord Jesus to the cross of Calvary so that we could be restored in salvation. Father, the problem is after we're saved, we still have that sin nature and, and we still have a tendency to wander away from you. It's so easy to do. And, and, and honestly, Lord, sometimes we just deliberately do what we want to do knowing that you don't want us to do that. But Lord, you're still there. And you want to restore us to fellowship with you. Lord, if there are those here this morning, there probably are. They're Christians, but they're wand they've been wandering. God, help them to get back in fellowship with you today. Then, Lord, we pray that as we walk in fellowship with you, that we would follow you as you lead in those paths of righteousness. Help us to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and to live our lives in a Christ-centered, cross-driven path. We pray that Savior.